Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we are your hosts. Hi. So we are excited to have our guest today is a returning guest, actually. And I have to say that you are one of your episode, I think, is one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. I just thought there were so many great actionable tips in it. And I highly encourage everyone to. Okay, well, I need to guess I need to say your name, huh? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I always do that. Um, Her name is Rachel Cannon, and she was on the show many, many moons ago. I actually don't remember what the episode number was, but um, it was a couple of years ago, and we loved having you on. It was great fun. And um, you recently launched a, a, a podcast of your own called The Extroverted Introvert, right? Did I get that right? No. No, she's <laughs> loud mouth introvert. I'm like, it's just loud mouth introvert. Loud, and listen, loud mouth introvert. there's another person who said, who has a, a, a pl- uh, what do I want to, what is wrong with all of us today? Like my brain, it's like <sighs> so many things. Corona okay. brain. <laughs> yes. Let, let me, let, let's take a step back. Okay. There's another person who we found out after we launched the podcast, the podcast has a podcast called the introverted loudmouth, which I did not know. So it's very That's important. So funny. I know that it's that, the opposite um, of you. It's the opposite. And also mine does not have the in the title. It's just loudmouth introvert. So we're actually trademarking it so that there can't be an issue <laughs> because I, I honestly <laughs> did not know that this woman had, I mean, I had been planning this for like a year and then we launched it. And then when I said I wanted to trademark it, my attorney was like, did you know there's this other lady? And I was like, oh, uh, nope. wow. Oops. But she's only got like two episodes. So I think it's okay. Well, what does that mean, loudmouth introvert? Because okay, because my whole life I w- have been an introvert, and I did not know this until I was in my late twenties when I took the Myers Briggs little test, and it mm-hmm. came back as an introvert, and I was like, "Well, that can't be right." So I went and took it again, and it was like, "No, every single time, like INTJ was my little thing," and so because I have been mistaken as an extrovert my whole life, and also thought I was an extrovert my whole life. That's where the loudmouth part comes in because I think people assume introverts are shy. And, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe as children, we probably are, but it's something, that part of it is something that you do grow out of. But the introverted thing is something that you, it, you have it your whole life. Like it's not, I actually did an episode on how it's part of your genetic coding, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Like you, it's just as much a part of your DNA as your hair color and your eye color. I mean, I, that part of it, I think is just blows my mind. Um, so the loud mouth came because I'm sure y'all already know, once I start talking, you almost can't shut me up. Like I have to <laughs> remind myself to be like, okay, take stop, let somebody else talk. <laughs> huh. Okay. See, I have a girlfriend who refuses to acknowledge that she's an extrovert, even though like she totally recharges when she's around people and crazy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that. She's like, I'm not. I'm really shy. I'm like, oh my God, honey. No, an extrovert. And that's the problem is that everybody everyone assumes it's introvert means shy, extrovert means not shy. And that's not it at all. If she gets her energy from being around people, she is a hundred percent an extrovert because I mean, like I can be around people for 
a little while. Like I had friends over Saturday from a safe distance. And um, once they left, I was like, yep, that's all I can do for today. Like I was like, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Exhausted. Yeah, exactly. See, I need to like learn more about introvert Mm -hmm. being introverted and extroverted. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure I'm introverted. I, because, okay, well, you tell me what you think, Rachel. I do. I don't, I find being social, very draining. I enjoy Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. but I find it to be like draining and I want to be by myself in my own house to recharge. Doesn't that make me an introvert? Absolutely. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you can be, you know, it, it doesn't mean it's you're a hundred percent introvert. Like some people are sort of somewhere in the middle. Some people you lean more introverted on some things than you do on other things. But like for me, definitely social interaction is one of those things that it's like, I have to, I literally have to charge my battery to prepare to do it. And then I have to recharge my battery when I'm done with it, which is why I don't like spur of the moment plans because I'm like, wait, no, I didn't, I have not mentally prepared Mm. to do like, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. So yeah. Tell me about how your podcast sort of intersects with your well, yes, that's an interesting. So originally I didn't think it was going to, and I had decided, you know, I get, I get a lot of requests for my help from other interior designers. Like, how did you build your business? How did you find your clients? How do you know Mm -hmm. your marketing is so great? How do you do it all? And so I had sort of come to the realization, like, I really want to help people in a more professional capacity. So the the Mm -hmm. podcast was created to a help people. I mean, I, I fully believe in if you have information and you can dispense it on a platform that people will hear, then that's a great way to, to help people. But also I wanted to professionally consult with other people. And so I started offering Mm -hmm. business consulting and this is the deal. There are so many people out there who are, they're brainiacs, they're business minded, they're, you know, they, you can learn from so many people. But I think what I, when I looked back over all of my experience working with business coaches, I realized all of mine had been extroverts. And so Mm. all of their business advice to me had been kind of through the lens of what extroverts are comfortable doing. And so I Mm -hmm. continually had to find a workaround. Like, I'm not going to go do that, but I'll go do this other thing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, nobody is really talking to creative introverted professionals. Like there's lots of creative business coaches, but not really anyone speaking to me or my people. Right. So that was how the podcast was born. And then when I started researching and creating episodes, I I kind of just had this epiphany where I was like, wait, 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 wait. If my people are introverts and my ideal client in my design business has always been professionals with demanding schedules, cause that's my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what if I just sort of niched that down and started to speak to other introverted professionals like me and like start to design for introverts. So I did two, I did a, a two part uh, series called the case for a quiet room. And Yes. That was the episode that just took off. Like that was the one that everybody was like, this was amazing. I mean, like the business episodes are always really good. But like, I think that was the first one that people were like, wait, you're telling me I'm not abnormal for wanting to escape my family at the end of the day. I'm like, no, <laughs> not at all. Like that's completely yeah. normal. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so yeah, like just, and I will, I will tell y'all, I had kind of gotten to a point in my business where, and I don't want to sound ungrateful because I am really, really grateful for the career that I've had and my clients, but I kept sort of getting to the point where I was like, there, there has got to be more to this than just it's pretty and it's this brand or Mm -hmm. it's this, you know, famous fabric. Like it kind of was just starting to feel a little shallow. Mm -hmm. And so 
kind of going back to what was important to me and realizing like introverts do need homes that are designed differently from extroverts and that a lot of people are living in homes with extroverts. Like you've got to design for both that kind of, I don't know, it sort of reignited my love of design because it became more meaningful, you know? Well, and it's sort of, it seems to me like you're sort of digging down into another deeper level of function, right? Yeah. You know, we always talk about function. Designers always talk about function and how important it is. But you're really talking about a almost, I guess, like spiritual yeah. nurturing function versus just you want your sofa to be cleanable. It's like right. you need this for your mental, mental health. health. Yeah. yeah, you do. And I love that you understand that it's a mental health thing because I will tell you, I used to be married and I, I don't know for sure because he never took the test, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's an extrovert. And just the way that we tried to cohabitate. It was like, we were just at odds all the time. He wanted to listen to television at volume 90 and it had, a, you know, it was always some loud movie with explosions and guns and, and that just grates on my nerves. And so mm-hmm. I eventually, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds so mean, but I've basically just moved into the guest bedroom. <laughs> like, well, we're divorced now, so it's no surprise, but I did eventually <laughs> just move into the guest bedroom, put a TV in there for myself. And I would just go in there and shut the door because I'd be like, I cannot be in this room with you. And he did not understand Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not that I'm being a nagging wife. It's that this is actually depleting me like to sit here and try to listen to this with you. I can't, like, I really can't. Yeah. And so honestly, that probably was my first quiet room was our guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're not married anymore, my whole house is my quiet room. And yeah. I mean, I, it, it it's like my house was sort of, I mean, if it makes any sense, it was kind of the, it took the place of a person during my separation and divorce, it was just, it was what nurtured me and it was what kind of cared for me. And I got it looking the way that I wanted it finally and redid my kitchen. And so it just, it is a mental health thing. And mm-hmm. I listen, I understand because right now we're in the middle of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So I know that right now, a lot of, a lot of other interior designers really are, they're hesitant to post about design or, you know, that projects are pretty and, and I get it because I understand like right now we're in a global epidemic. And so it is, it does feel like is, do we sound tone deaf if we're constant? And my thought on that is that because I have seen how my own home nurtured me and cared for me through my divorce, it's not unimportant. It is probably to me the most important thing when your home truly is supportive, nurturing, rises up to meet you in your challenges. There really is kind of nothing like that. And when it's not and if it's not balanced, which is what I had for so long, it's like you just, there's almost nothing you can do because your home is kind of like, to me, we talk a lot about the the things you can control starts with the things that are closest to you. So we can't control COVID-19, right. but you can control your house right now. And then your next circle of control is going to be, you know, the things that are sort of right outside. You can, you can't control your friends, but you can influence their thought. You can influence, you know, how they feel about things. I have a friend who even started a group that she's like, if you want to learn about design right now, but you don't want to feel judged, come join this group because I'm still going to talk. And I'm, I think that's genius because if you're working with a designer, I would hope you have chosen that designer because you like how they de- they decorate and design, but it's sort of a given that it's going to be pretty. Right. Like that's, that's like, let's start there. And then beyond that, what else does it need to be? Right. I will say I have always hated open floor plans. And I, I feel like I finally settled on the reason I hate them is because I'm an introvert and I want, I want to be able to go into a separate room 
and closed the door. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why we got into this habit of, I mean, if you buy an older home, the first thing people say, we're knocking down all the walls. And I'm like, why? Don't knock them all down. Yeah. All yeah. I would venture to say there are probably a lot of introverts who have done that, who don't realize they shouldn't have until they do it. And they're like, God, it's like an echo chamber right. here. Like, it's just, it's so noisy. And then they've spent all this money on renovating. They can't afford any soft surfaces to help absorb any of the sound. Mm-hmm. And you're right. So, you have to get away. As much as yes. I love my family. I mean, I love them, but I, I want to sit in the corner with my music playing softly around me, reading the newspaper on Sunday morning with my coffee. Yeah. You know, I have my spot. I have my spot every yes. morning where I, you know, read my emails and catch up on the news. And I don't want them around me talking to me. I'm not mm-hmm. ready for it. I need a minute. And I want my yes. space. And I want it to feel how I want it to feel. And I want it to look how I want it to look and smell the way I want it to smell. Because all of yes. that is like this little cocoon that just really makes me feel nice. I love that. I, I actually feel like I have used the the word cocoon a lot since kind of starting this idea of the quiet room. And, and I will tell you how I even landed on this idea. So I used to do, um, I was on a radio show here locally once a month on Saturdays. It was called Saturday Style with Karen Perfita. She's awesome. She's kind of the one who got my, my feet wet in any type of speaking publicly at all. And so she had a guest on one day with me who was a real estate agent who told us when she was growing up, her mom always designated one room in their house to be a quiet room. And I was like, oh my God, that's genius. This is like years Mm ago. And that idea stuck with me and it came back to me whenever I started the podcast because I was like, this is kind of like crucial. Like I'm, I am understanding now how important that is. And I have to say it the way, <laughs> the way that she said it, because she's very Southern. She says, well, my mother always had us a quiet room in our homes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I love that. Like, I truly love that. And she's like, you know, really probably my thought is that it was the quote formal living room because then the kids wouldn't go in there and break stuff. Mm-hmm. But I kind of took that idea and ran with it because I thought, I, I know that there are so many, I mean, so many of our clients are like the only minute I get to myself is when I go to the bathroom or when I go oh. in my closet, you know, and sometimes like, your kid follows you to the bathroom. I know. No. <laughs> no. And I do feel like a lot of it has to do with you, you do kind of have to set some boundaries. And so if you designate this space as this is the quiet room, there comes some boundaries that go with that. And I know that that's kind of a, a, a separate issue in terms of how your family dynamic is. But I think if you are struggling with, you feel drained all the time, you feel exhausted all the time. The only piece you get is when you go and get in the bathtub or you go, like literally I've had clients say, I put a stool in my closet so I could just go in there and shut the door. And I feel like that's sad. I'm like, that's, that you're drained. And I know for me, if I, if I as an introvert, when I get exhausted, I I have never been able to just lay down, put my head on the pillow and immediately fall asleep. I am literally processing my day, closing out every tab. Like it's truly about an hour to an hour and a half before I go to sleep. So the idea that you can just turn off the TV and go right to bed, that's not a thing. Like introverts don't exist that way. Uh So to me, a quiet room, I, I truly feel like it needs to be your space. I don't, I don't feel like there are any rules in terms of it needs to have a certain color palette or it needs to have, you know, these types of edges and lines. Like to me, it is more about is your quiet room where you go and sew? Is it where you go and paint? Is it where you go and read? Is it just a separate room completely from your bedroom where you have a day bed and you go in there and take a little nap 
and there's no TV. There's you know just somewhere that is just a separate space only for you. And I think that probably is the biggest, that's going to be the biggest challenge for most people is that this is just for me. Because if you think about the way that we design homes, we put wine cellars and man caves and entertainment rooms and playrooms. I mean, like we design for every other possible activity except for just being quiet. And we all know the man cave is off limits because that's dad's spot where he goes and does whatever he does. But most people are saying, you know, a she shed. Nobody's actually building a she shed. Like that's not <laughs> happening. It's a cute idea, but it's not happening. Right. And so I'm like, no, if I'm going to be the pioneer that says, okay, every introverted mom in the world deserves her own quiet room, then I'm happy to spread that message because I just feel like they're being forgotten. They're exhausted. And it's not just moms. I mean, it's lots of other introverted people too, but there does, you do have to set this boundary that like, if I'm in the quiet room, you can't bug me. But in terms of what it looks like, it just needs, honestly, this is where I sort of take off my designer hat. And I say, it just needs to be beautiful to you. Mm -hmm. It just needs to like, whatever you find beautiful and interesting, that's what it needs to be. My thought when I put my designer hat back on is that you do need lots of upholstered pieces. You need rugs, you need drapes, you need soft things mm -hmm. for sure, because that does so much to absorb sound. But in terms of like the aesthetics of it, just, I, I don't know. Do you love red? Paint the whole room red, make, make everything in it red. Like just right. whatever is soothing and comforting for you. Well, let me ask this, Rachel. The room is just for me. Mm -hmm. So other people who crave quiet, go to their bedrooms or something? Well, if there are more people in the home who need a quiet space, I mean, it can be a quiet space for everyone. It's just, I think the rule about this room is like Barbara Ann Eaton said, it's the quiet room. And so the mm -hmm. children know that this is not the room that you go in. And as my friend Joel would say, act a donkey. <laughs> like you don't go in there <laughs> and lose all your manners and all your training. Like you go in there and that is weird. So my thought is probably the children are probably are not going to want to spend a whole lot of time in there. Sure, um, sure. But like, and it's one person at a time. I would think, I think. one person. At I don't a time, want anyone with me while I'm quieting. I agree with you. I don't either, unless it's someone who can also be quiet and not like great on your nerves. Because like, there are some, you know, I have that thing where if I hear somebody chewing, I want to stab them. And so I'm like, you right. can't, you can't bring a snack in here with me. I can't believe you're single, Rachel. Honestly, <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not single. You didn't. You don't know this about me yet. But I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and he doesn't chew. So. He, listen, we're going through all the couple stuff. He has a jaw that clicks when he chews. And I'm oh, like, no. you're sitting on the wrong side of me. We need to switch sides. I can hear your jaw. Um, and, and listen, oddly enough, now he's the same as me, where if you met him, you'd be like, this dude is a total extrovert. And he took the test and it came back introvert. He's a different kind of introvert. Uh. But it's interesting because we both have pretty big personalities. He is the type of person that He's the life of the party. Everybody wants him. He's hilarious. He's good natured. He's sweet. I mean, like he's just this teddy bear and everybody loves him. And so he's starting to even pick up on like we, we whenever um, LSU was winning all of the games this season, we would <laughs> houses to watch the games. And he would know like after we had gone to someone's home and watched the game, he would just drop me off at my house and like be like, OK, well, I'm going to go ahead and go. And I'm like, thank you so much. Like, oh, God, like I uh -huh. by myself. But he is definitely learning my quirks and how I'm a different introvert from him. So like he loves surround sound. I absolutely can't stand it because I feel like I can't hear the talking, but I can hear all the background noise. So he just says, thank you. Right. So he does. Mm -hmm. He'll just ask, you want me to turn these speakers off? I'm like, yes, please. So it's just you have to just start the conversation and just, you know, 
it, it they they have to come to it with a lot of understanding, which fortunately for me he is. But I will say, you're right that it's amazing that I have someone at all because <laughs> I realize this makes me incredibly really high maintenance. And I, <laughs> I am stuck in my ways and I know that, but hey, I feel, that's the first step is acknowledging. <laughs> I feel very fortunate that I have someone who wants to be with me despite all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first thing I do. And I know a lot of people, they come and they immediately turn their TV on at the end of the day. It is not the first thing I do. Like I typically sit in quiet and just sit, which I know sounds very strange, but I'm finding that it just... I know it helps me kind of like close that that work chapter of my day before I can really relax. And I do think we kind of get into a habit of when when the TV is on constantly, I don't I don't know that watching TV as a family is what I would consider to be quality time. I, it's just not like we you can watch movie after movie after movie after movie if you really want to. But to me, that's not I don't know, that's not the best use of time together. Now I understand there comes a point where you don't want to be with them and you're like, Hey, go watch a movie. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's fine. Sure. But, um, to me, I would much rather talk or like, let's play a game together or I don't know, just TV is not my go-to for entertainment. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Rachel. Do you ever ride around in your car with the radio off? All the time. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Yes. All the time. Like it's just, I don't know. It's something about you get in and and especially owning a business. It's you are getting out in front of problems every day and trying, you're controlling, you're managing, you're putting out fires, you're reacting and responding. And m- mainly the bulk of my energy gets spent trying to be proactive, like trying to, you know, not wait till there's a problem. And so when I get in my car at the end of the day, if it's been on, like if I've been listening, I usually listen to podcasts in the morning and, and when I get to work, I don't know why it's like this, but podcasts need to be turned up way louder on my radio and my car. And so yes. when I get in my car at the end of the day, it comes on and it's so loud. And every day I'm like, oh, shut up. And I turn it off. <laughs> I'm like, it just grates on my nerves. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so I will definitely have to design a quiet room for myself eventually if I ever do get remarried, because I said like right now my whole house is my quiet room. So my perfect quiet room is going to be what Taryn was going to I bet Rachel's going to put a huge TV in her quiet room. <laughs> yeah. Going to put an 80-inch screen television. Okay. I, you're just going to project an aquarium onto it. Oh, so my God. I, I definitely want my quiet room. I need windows. I need natural daylight. That's sort of my first thought. The second thought is I really want to upholster the walls because I, I have one client who's, she bought a home that the master bedroom walls were already upholstered and it is, uh, I'm obsessed with that room. Like it's amazing. She's like, I love it. Let's keep it. And so I will upholster the walls for sure. Mm-hmm. I will probably have, actually, I love that little, um, it's one of y'all's, that little day bed that looks like a little, it can almost look like a little bench sofa that's got the little rolled arms on it. I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll probably have that because I like the idea of being able to either use it as a sofa, lay down on it, use it as a, and I'm saying lay, which I know is wrong. It's lie down, but I'm Southern and I can't break some of these habits. Lie down on it and like take a nap or read. And I will definitely have a cozy chair where I probably will have an ottoman. I can put my feet up. I actually like the idea of this room sort of semi-functioning as an office, I'll probably put a desk in it because I I need to achieve deep focus. And so if I want to feel productive, I'm going to need to go into the quiet room. I'm going to need to be able to concentrate, close the door, 
But I don't know that I necessarily will like keep a computer in there. I'll probably just keep a laptop that I can use in that space if I want it. So you're saying you want to make, get deep focus. So yes. you're not using this room just to kind of veg out and clear yeah, your mind. You, you, but you're also using it to problem if I need, solve. And- if I need to. Because mm. my thought is if I am ever designing this quiet room, I'm probably remarried and there are probably children involved. And so if I need to... I don't think I'm going to work from home because after this morning, I'm like, this is not for me in any way, shape or form. But if I ever needed to like go pay bills or I needed to get on the phone with the cable company or I need like, that's probably the room I'm going to go into to do that sort of stuff. Because mm-hmm. like I, if I'm the type of person that if I'm on the phone with someone and somebody's like, ask them, da, 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 I'm like, I, I listen, I can't, you right. can't talk to me and me be on the phone at this. Like, I can't do those two things at the same time. Because let me tell you this, there's no such thing as multitasking. You literally, your mind it's not a thing. Like it's a word that's nonsense that someone introduced for people who think that they're being very productive. The only true multitasking is I put a load of clothes in the laundry and then I went and vacuumed. That is the only multi, you're not actually doing that work. It's doing it for you. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. it. There's no multitasking. It's a myth. Yeah. No, I was reading an article about that just the other day about people who are switching back and forth between tasks, Mm -mm. it takes them time to refocus on their first Mm -hmm. task and then they have to refocus on the next task and then back and forth and they're losing all this productivity because of all the downtime that they don't realize just trying to kind of get their mind back onto what they were doing. And I find Uh myself doing all the time where I'll be like, oh, and this and that. I'm like, just put it down. Then it's not one thing. You'll be done in five minutes. I'm really big on... In, in my business, we use a Google Calendar and we have separate, I don't know if y'all know how Google Calendars works or if you use something different, but you have a separate, it's like every task gets its own calendar and then they're all color coded. So all of my to-do list is green. All of Emily's to-do list is baby blue. All of Carol's to-do list is dark blue. Uh, my personal stuff is hot pink. Out of the office appointments are red. In office appointments are yellow. So like you can see your week at a time. Like you can actually see what your week looks like and you can see where there's white space and when you're completely booked up. But Color that coded. truly is how my brain works. So if I if it's on the calendar, I know I have given myself 30 minutes or an hour to do this one thing. And so I don't get pulled away from it. And when my mom, who is Carol, who does our books, first started working with me, she's an extrovert. And so she would like pop into my office and just like report to me about my Aunt Dixie and oh Dixie and Kenneth are doing da 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 da. And I'm like, I'm in the I'm in the middle of something. Like you can't right. come in here and like this is not like this chat time. time. Yeah. No. You're and still so, for two thirty for your chat time, Mom. <laughs> come back then. Right, right. And it was kind of it was kind of hard in the beginning because I would I would try to tell her, like, when you come in here and interrupt me, it probably takes me a full 10 minutes to get back to that groove that I was in. And she just didn't understand it. And so, but she understands now. And so she typically will just say hello and goodbye when she comes into work. And we know that our personal conversations happen outside of work. Um, We'll do a master task list every week. And then everyone's tasks get put on. And like, we have some stuff that's shared, like design appointments obviously are shared and design time is shared. It's just been awesome because we see how the time is being spent. So it's just, it's been a game changer for us, but it goes back to honestly, that's a boundary kind of thing. Like no, if, if everybody sees on the calendar that I'm going to be in my office working on whatever, then they know that's not the time to come and ask me mm-hmm. questions. They'll put it on the calendar. We have a separate calendar for inner office meetings and they'll schedule it for the end of the day or another time of the day. But the, I mean, it's kind of, 
and I know that we're kind of like getting, we're talking all about introversion and not a whole lot of design, but like, this is truly how my mind works. And it's how I've come to this whole, how to just embrace being an introvert. And I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. want to be an extrovert. I actually really like, I like who I am and I like my -hmm. life and I don't want to try. I don't, it makes me very uncomfortable to, you know, walk into a room full of people that I don't know and try to rub elbows. Like that's the most anti me thing that I can think of doing. But I love to spend time with people that I love, that I know I'm going to have good conversation with, that I know it's going to go deep and we're going to like really connect. Mm -hmm. So like these are all interrelated. And so like when you're asking, can the quiet room be one person at a time? It could be. Or if like you have two really great friends, like we could actually do this podcast in a quiet room because we all, we have such good conversations together and it goes so deep so quickly. But then I just think it comes down to knowing how your time needs to be used, knowing, you know how, how you want that space to work for you. That's why I'm not really big on saying, you know, your quiet room can only be cool colors because I mean, what if you hate cool colors? Like right, no, right. it's not going to soothe well, you in any way. And it seems like the ultimate reason that you are so organized in the way that you're running your business is almost like to create more quiet time for yourself. Yep. It's like, okay, if I can get everything done sure. in the eight to five bracket that I've laid out for my you know work time or whatever, yep. then that means that I truly have the rest of the day to absolutely, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, and then you're going to do better in those next eight hours that you're working. It's like, it's oh, all oh my gosh. cyclical. Yeah, it is. You're exactly right. Because my thing was in the, in the beginning of owning my business, I attempted to work from home and it was a con, it was an all day, all night kind of thing. And it was mm-hmm. exhausting. And so that is a huge mm-hmm. part of the reason why I moved into an office. Cause I'm like, I actually do need to be able to like lock the door close it all out and go home Mm -hmm. because it all being in one space for me, I I just, I didn't actually feel productive. I felt completely unproductive and exhausted. Right. And so, yeah, like the whole idea of this working from home right now, I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. But Rachel, what are we going to do? Because all of us are now at home. I know. So do you have any, I mean, do you have any tips to help us not get crazy? I do. (laughs) I actually, I did. So I actually put a blog post together that's on my website it came out yesterday and it was about, because I've been talking about the quiet room. This post was all about the importance of maintaining a quiet room during this quarantine, because the, the temptation is going to be to sort of let things go. Like everyone's at Mm -hmm. home is school in session. I don't know. Like, is it playtime? Is it school time? Is it time for me to work? Is it time for us to make snacks? Like it's, it's very disorganized. And so for me, and I feel like for a lot of introverts, that's where that control kind of comes into play. Like Mm -hmm. you you do sort of need to maintain some type of semblance of normalcy in your life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because when I can tell you right now, like leaving my house this morning to race over here to do this podcast from my office, I was all set up to try to do it from home and then nothing worked. Knowing that I left my house in chaos, I'm like, oh God, I can't wait to get back over there and get it like, because I don't want to go home after this and walk into a house that looks like a bomb went off. Like that drives me crazy. Um, So I do think it's very important to maintain structure, but if you have not set aside a space for a quiet room, this is a fantastic time to do it because this, Mm -hmm. everybody's families are at home. And I can only imagine for the introverts who haven't like realized this about themselves yet, (laughs) they're probably fried. I mean, it's, we're only like two weeks in now and it's going to go, I mean, I, 
I'm thinking this is like a four month ordeal, four to five, six. I, mean, oh, eight. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. But look, uh, but and I'll tell you the reason I think that is because I got um, information sent to me from my financial planner who has never mailed me anything in my life. And they sent out this packet to all their clients and it had notes from a conference call. And they said the the peak of all of this is expected to happen in, within eight weeks from this week. So like eight weeks is May, something May 19th or something like that. Right. So although we have been given the order to stay at home for three weeks, I That's honestly- It's going to be extended. Uh, it's going to be extended. And I think this is like when you're in an airplane on the tarmac and they're like, we've just been delayed right. another five minutes. It's <laughs> like they only give it to you in little true. bites that you can right. digest. So we don't all freak out. I'm my thing is let us go ahead and freak out and then like let's just sink our heels in because well, we we're might here. as well plan for it, right? Let's Absolutely. Plan and then if we get back to work in three weeks, yay. Right, Got exactly. It. I'm struggling right now with, and maybe you can help me, Rachel, um, come up with a solution. I'm struggling with how to set up a or whether to, like should I go through the effort of really setting up a work from home mm-hmm. space? Um, yes. Should I and yeah. like ha, wh- where Instead do I take it over? Yeah, yeah. Like I think you should. I and because this is because of the quiet room concept. If you've set up your work from home space at the kitchen island and the kids are working at the table, it's still that there's so many distractions there, and you're going to feel exhausted and drained. And so, and I don't know how old your little girl is, but I, I mean, yeah. if it's, if she's old enough to sit at the table and you can go into a separate room, then that's fine. And if your husband is home, where are the husbands? I just want to know, <laughs> like, I keep hearing moms are doing all this stuff, but like, where are no, the husbands? Right? <laughs> I mean, we, I'm lucky that we really kind of have been dividing childcare and awesome. that has Good. helped a lot. But, but like this morning I was, um, I pulled her high chair up to the table where up to the dining table where I was working. So while she was eating breakfast, I was sort of doing emails and like little tasks. And so I'm struggling with it. Sometimes it is more convenient for me to have my laptop Mm -hmm. at the, you know, in the kitchen or somewhere where I can just sort of at least keep an eye on whether something important is coming up. But then when she, when Will's watching her and I'm at the dining table, she can come over though and yeah, like yeah. visit me. And then I'm like, well, now I'm like you were saying, Karen, now I'm distracted because <laughs> she wants to just come give me a hug. And right. so I can't ever fully get away from her. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. And, and Taryn is in a completely different situation because hers is so little that like, she can't go, go sit and watch TV. I'm going to go shut the door in this other room and like, leave you alone. Like that. No, that's not realistic. I mean, I guess my, my feeling is if you are, if you are able to divide the childcare right now and like maybe come up with this, I mean, a schedule and say, you're going to work from this time to this time. I'll watch the kids. Then it's your turn to watch the kids. And I need to work from this time to this time. But I do think it would be important if you can to set aside a separate room so that while you're in there, you can be as productive as you need to be. So that like, if you've given yourself four hours, you can knock out everything you need to knock out in those four hours. Right. Undistracted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Uh, And again, I don't have kids. And so it's hard for me to speak on what that dynamic is like, but I just know I used to be a kid and I know how it was for me trying to do my, my parents always wanted me to do homework at the table and I always wanted to go to my room and shut the door. And so they finally gave me a little lap desk and let me go do that. And 
<laughs> and then my mom would pop in like every 20 minutes. Do you need anything? We're making cookies. <laughs> Do you want to come make cookies? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to study. Oh, really I don't want to hear about Aunt Dixie. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just say Aunt Dixie is going to be so thrilled to hear her name mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> Well, so now I'm now I'm feeling like maybe I need to set up our basement as my home office, but that is about the least appealing room in oh, the house. We're going to spend all day. Yeah, but where else am I going to go, Karen? What about your guest room in the back? Well, but see, I think that's going to have to be Will's office because it's closest to our. Anyways, but couldn't yeah. you? But if you're like switching, um, yeah, switching. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the office, and you go in, you go out. I don't know. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thoughts. Mm-hmm. You could put two desks. I think it's just don't share it at the same time as probably. Yes. Right. Come up with a schedule. Do a schedule. Life will go back to normal right. at some point. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to pass. And like, and it's just like, you know, with 9-11, there was nothing more important in those moments than coming together as a country. And no one wanted to talk about frivolous stuff. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But life did go back to normal. And what we learned is that in those times, there's like nothing more important than family. There's nothing more important than having your home support your family. Like, think about when you're sick, you want to go home. Right. Like yeah. that. That's right. in times like this, you want to be right. home. And the concept of home is such a deep emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And so you want your home to like hug you. That's what you. That's yeah. what you want the right. most. And so. I, I don't want to sound like I think, you know, the pretty part of it is the most important thing because I understand that's not the most important thing right now. But, you know, having a safe place, having a place that's comfortable, having a place that, gosh, heaven forbid, we have to do this again at any point right. is really sort of in, in a position to manage all of this stuff. I mean, gosh, it's it's makeshift classrooms. It's makeshift offices. It's makeshift craft rooms. It's, it's everything is just so like... I think it'll change our way of life a little bit. And I think it's going to change how we think of what our homes are supposed to do for us. And I know for me, certainly it's sort of just completely reaffirmed my belief in design as much more than aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And I, and you're right. We do, designers do talk about function a lot and, and it's more in the, is it cleanable? Is it, you know, the right height? Is it all that kind of stuff? But right. you're, you are so right in where I'm going with all of this is the mental health aspect of it. And, and, you know, self-care, it's one of those words that I have a love hate relationship with, because when I say self-care, I don't mean do a sheet mask and (laughs) put on some essential oils. Like, that's not what I mean. I mean, is your home actually caring for you? Is it because things like having a separate space to go get away from everybody that is not a closet is important. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to realize what they truly need from their homes in all of this. Mm-hmm. Some people may come out of it and go, we loved every minute of it and we don't want to change a thing about our house. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are going to come out of it and go, oh Lord, our, either our house is actually not big enough or right. it's not designed the right way. And also there's no shame in that either. I don't want anybody to feel like you're priorities are misplaced because you're having these thoughts right now. Absolutely not. Because I think it's so funny that people don't value themselves enough to, to understand that their surroundings affect them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that matters, you know, it It does matter. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily about it looking good. Like I don't know. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's the most important thing, but yeah, I mean, it's, the function. If it's not, it function, doesn't have to yeah. look good aesthetically for it to feel good. I suppose. Right. Now, 
if it does look good aesthetically, that can make it feel even better. Sure. But it's not, Absolutely. they're not dependent on one another, I think. Yeah. Like I, w- I wish that I could come up with the exact words that I want. Like when you talk about the function and the emotion and how those two are connected and mental health, like I, I feel like I need to spend some time kind of coming up with that wording mm-hmm. because I don't feel like I've really hit it on the nose just yet. But you're exactly right. So for me, beauty is one of those things that is soothing for me. And so, I like for it to be pretty on top of comfortable and quiet and clean mm-hmm. and organized. Like those are all things that I need. Okay. I think we need to do, speaking of challenges, we Our need dilemma. to do a wedding dilemma. Yes. Okay. okay. Hello, I just love your podcast. It helps. It keeps me company while I clean the house. And as I'm cleaning, it gives me ideas to improve my home. Thank you for giving me the courage to consider changing things up. Here's my decorating dilemma. We just moved to this gorgeous home in North Atlanta in June. The dilemma room is our family room. When you walk in the front door, there is an entryway and you walk down two steps to find my dilemma room to the right. The dining room straight ahead and the kitchen to the left. It's one big space with lots of large windows and doors. And to the right of the entry is the dilemma family room. As you can see in the last pictures, to the left of the fireplace is this archway, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what to put there. So far, I've left the fireplace tools. I tried a potted plant, but they don't give enough light inside the archway. The plants I've placed on the floor in that corner are struggling. We have another archway on the back porch right to the left of this room. That's where we store our firewood. I wouldn't want to bring the firewood inside. Each side of the room has six doors, only the middle two on each side open. Now, to add our furniture, I changed the chandelier in the entryway. The secretary desk in the entry was the first item I tried to put in the corner of my dilemma. It covered most of the archway, but was so unbalanced in the room. I feel like this is going to end by saying, if you choose to go down the stairs, flip <laughs> the head. If you choose to stay in this room, flip one page. Exactly. <laughs> I had this large secretary desk on one side and on the other, a walkway. It just felt wrong. So there's my dilemma. What to do with that archway? Please ignore the dog hair and dog bed. Isn't that cute? Uh, Anyways, yeah, cute. Well, first um, of all, he has an amazing house. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Well, I can't see it. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Keep scrolling. I can't I can't scroll. Oh, I sent you an email with it. Oh, it's in the email. Okay, hold yeah. on. I'm Look sorry, guys. You're like so not professional. Today. I'm going to describe <laughs> it while you're looking it up. Because really, the, the, it doesn't matter like anything else in the room, what her problem is, is that she has, yes, a large stone wall that has Mm -hmm. a fireplace in it and just a sort of a floating beam as her mantle. And then that's centered in the wall. And on the right is an arch doorway that leads to somewhere, who knows? And on the left is a stone arch niche about the same size as this doorway. Right. So it's symmetrical in the wall. And she's like, what am I supposed to put in this niche? I've tried all this stuff and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So the niche is the problem? The niche is her problem. She doesn't know what to do with it. What was the deal with the secretary? I am so lost. (laughs) Well, she's saying, I tried to put a secretary over here in this area to kind of balance the arch. That didn't work. So in that niche? Well, no, I think just in the window next to the niche to try to come give it some oh, no. weight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what should she put in the niche? So she's got a little sculpture or something in there now. Is that what I'm looking at? Her fireplace tools. Like, oh, her fireplace tools. Oh, her fireplace tools. tools. Okay. Who? Okay. First, let me digest this space because mm-hmm. it is not at all what I imagined in my head. Um, it's large. It's very big and it's very open. Mm, yes. 
Um, and it's sort of formal. She has a it is kind of formal. formal feel to her mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. So in a niche, I do honestly feel like that's a good spot. She's not going to put firewood there. Then it is a good spot to put like an original sculpture of some sort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I it would need a little light in there. It, I was exactly what I was going to say is it, it needs to have a little spotlight or something in there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a bit, it's big. It's a big niche. And Dude, I feel like I think firewood is what it's supposed to be for. I know. Yeah. I'd say get some decorative birch logs, mm-hmm. chop them and put them in there in a pretty way and then yeah. don't burn them. <laughs> yeah. Just she, to be decorative. I kind of forgot. And is she completely opposed to putting firewood in it? Or? Well, she said her firewood's outside, so she doesn't need a place oh, for her outside. firewood. Okay. Well, so it, then it's not exactly, then it's not functional firewood. It's pretty it's decorative for the sake of being decorative. I saw right. when my sister used to live in Utah, they have a Barclay Butera um, showroom there. And he had something similar to this where they had, they had put all of the logs like end out instead of stacking them. Like the, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like you could see the, you could see the circle. Had, exactly. Yes. yes. That's a really cool look too. I agree. Um, I like seeing the circle. Yeah, either that I or think that'll be pretty with the stone. Either that or a sculpture. There's really not much else you can do with that, though. I like the idea of a sculpture if she could light it. Yeah. Was to maybe try to, and this wouldn't require a professional, but have someone try to put some shelves in yeah. the niche. Um, but then you also then have to again, figure out what are you going to fill up? What, exactly. Then you to find yeah. stuff to put in it. And this is a big, big space. It is. And you know, I, mean, I already see lots feet. of little accessories that I want to mm. snatch out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so you, are you thinking she's over accessorizing or they're too small or she needs to go I think together? it's too many small things. Okay. I think it's too many. Cause, and honestly, I think her sofa is too small too. Oh, go girl. It is a very large room. She's got a yeah, lot of space. Big. And her rug is too small. Okay. She could probably, I would imagine, okay, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine she could actually probably keep this rug if she just put a, a bigger, big, yeah natural fiber rug yes underneath it like what we've been doing a lot of is especially because this is really popular to have these big big family rooms like this we're doing a lot of broad loom like stain resistant type stuff that we cut and bind and like you can mm-hmm. pick one that's pretty like pick a pretty fabric i mean pattern but yeah she could either do something like that she could layer this rug over like a wool solid the thing is that it's just the room is so large and even though the furniture is, I think, placed correctly, it's still kind of just floating yeah. because there's nothing anchoring it. Well, because mm-hmm. the rug um, really should sort of outline your traffic pattern. Yeah, for sure. So if you made the rug large enough so that you just have a six-foot walkway yeah, yeah. on either side, that's how big it needs to be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I would love to add some drapes to this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some I feel like I'm adding nice. a lot of stuff she didn't ask for. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. Her long, I mean, she can do this that long term. You know what I mean? Yeah. She doesn't have to yeah. do it right away. She can. Thank this, you. Yeah. Myers Carpet in Atlanta is a great place to go get a piece of something cut exactly to the size that you want. Like you're talking about, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of broad loom back there in their the back of their warehouse you can select from. Um, and they'll cut it to size and bind it however you want and take, mm-hmm. take it home. Yeah. You'll be happy. That's what I have in my bedroom. I wonder what these floors are. Is that Does that look like a tile? No, it looks like a wood, like a dark wood to me. Yeah, it looks like a super oh, dark wait, wood. Oh, wait, over here, it does look like tile in the dining room. In that room. dining room, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Is. So that makes me feel like this is probably really echoey too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some drapes and a bigger rug would help a lot, I think, to kind of soften this. But I love—I think the room is very cool. It is beautiful. Just um, 
it feels kind of empty right now because things are scaled wrong. And, and honestly, you know what, adding that wood in the niche, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to say, what is the right answer? Because if we could get another, um, another raw kind of texture in here, uh -huh. I think that would be really pretty. All right. There you go. And cool. I like that she's from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> hey, Southern girl. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. Oh, thank you um, all. We really appreciate you like walking us through <laughs> this quiet room idea. I and hope it makes I'm sense. All in. I think I I'm all too. in. Well, good. I'm totally obsessed with it. I am too. Well, I just, I felt like I, I, I keep, I don't know. I've been in so many meetings with other clients and contractors right. and contract. Well, you need to knock this wall down. You need, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let's just right. simmer on yep. the knocking down the walls. Like, let's just really think, how are we using mm -hmm. this space? Because that's not yeah. the only way to update right. a home. <laughs> it's not right, the only way right. to build a home. I wanted to mention, we have a Zen den at our office. So we oh, created cool. a little quiet room for people that they can go in and just get away from it all for a minute, have a little nap, have a phone call, whatever. And it's yes. just a little quiet room. I love so, that. How good that is to me right now, Karen. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm the kidding. whole office is a Zen den right well, Interestingly yeah. enough, since I've been talking about this stuff, you know how it's like when you think you want a yellow car, all you see is yellow cars. Yes. Since I've been mm -hmm. talking about the need for quiet spaces, I've been seeing, and it may be because I'm talking about it and the algorithm knows what I'm talking about. But on Instagram, I keep seeing these little like pods that you can put in. If you don't have a space like that in your office, you can add this little like soundproof pod where if you need to go have a quiet meeting or you need to go like do some work on your own. But I think it's like, we're all right there. Instagram or Facebook is oh, listening to your conversations and marketing to you. That's what's happening. Yeah. But it's like everyone, it's like everyone's right there. Everyone's starting to realize the need. Cause I can tell you right now, whenever I did a lot of commercial design, I hated open office plans because it's just uh, like, it's just chaos. Yeah. Like, and I'd be yeah. like, I want, don't y'all want some cubicles? Like you're going to want some yeah. cubicles. Trust me. Right. Right. But yeah. I think everybody's realizing the need for more quiet. Well, everyone go check out Rachel's podcast, Loudmouth Introvert. Thank you. And her Instagram. Yes. And her Instagram. Oh. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of the things. Um, I don't think you even mentioned where you are. You're in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But I will say we started offering virtual design consultations mm. in January. And now, obviously, because we're all at home, we're getting more and more requests for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we, we, and we do have clients all over the country, but um, that's kind of been a fun a new addition to our services is just kind of working with people virtually. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, what's your Instagram, Rachel? It's RCL interiors. Yes. There you go. Yep. Go follow Rachel on Instagram. Check out her, pod her podcast, Loudmouth Introvert and your website, rachelcannonlimited.com. Correct. Thank y'all so much. This is awesome. It's good. It's really good to see yeah. y'all. I like even yes. though you can see me, which I'm sad about, but well, come back to Atlanta at I some will. point I and we'll tell. Sure. Yes, chat, do another episode. <laughs> okay. All right. That's our show. Uh, thanks for listening. Send us your questions at podcast at ballardesigns.net. Check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and um, leave us a review on your podcast app. We would appreciate that. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating. Stay safe. <laughs> yes. <laughs>